This is really gross, but dirty trash cans can pose a serious health risk to you and your family. The pungent smell can attract rats and flies, not to mention maggots, both of which can contain dangerous diseases transferable to humans. Your dirty trash can is susceptible to harboring dangerous bacteria. Contact Brandon at Fitz Trash Bin Cleaning today at 440-752-1533 or find them on Facebook. Better and owned and operated and eco-friendly. Again, call Brandon at 440-752-1533. Redline Radio LLC is proud to partner with Growing Wings Adult Services for the creation of our brand new state-of-the-art production studio. Growing Wings Adult Services has been assisting adults with disabilities in the Northeast Ohio area for the past five years. For more information on how Lisa and the team at Growing Wings can assist your family, you can contact Lisa at 234-334-7547 today. Detroit Auto Parts is the official parts store of Red Line Radio LLC. They have two convenient locations on the east side. You can call 216-531-7373 or on the west side, call 216-398-7373. Mention Red Line Radio and receive 10% off your purchase. It's the official home and auto parts store of Red Line Radio LLC. If you need any custom t-shirts, banners, stickers, anything like that made, then you reach out to Incredible Keepsakes. As Diane always says, cherished moments are made to last forever. You can reach Incredible Keepsakes at 440-242-9648 or check out their website at IncredibleKeepsakes.com. And don't forget to mention that Redline Radio sent you. For all of our programming information, you can check us out on all social media platforms. You can listen to all of our great programming and live 24-hour music on the Redline Radio LLC app. You can find it on the Google Play Store, but you can also check us out at RedlineRadioLLC.com where we are always live. Money's Crazy Mind contains language that may not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised, but will be completely ignored.
Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. It is a Friday night. It is 8 p.m. That means it's time. It's time for Money's Crazy Mind. We are back. We are live. We are loud in the Growing Wings Adult Services Studios. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back into the asylum here at Redline Radio's studio number two. You know, it's not that I don't want to do the show live each and every week. I obviously do. You know, sometimes life just gets in the way. And, you know, here we are. We're back. We're in the studio. We're live. We're loud. We're ready to go. Uh, huge shout out to Great uh, over at Studio One for putting on a, a terrific show. A lot of history, a lot of lessons being learned there. But now I want to uh, get a couple things off my chest here before we get into our main topic for tonight, which is the history of Valentine's Day and why the history of Valentine's Day makes me hate Valentine's Day. So here we go. Um, you know, I never understand why certain individuals feel the need to make it seem like something to them matters when you can clearly tell it doesn't. And more importantly, why the media does that. So bringing some a topic back that I haven't done in a little bit this week is going to help me prove this point. So let's get right into it. Let's get in to crazy shit you find on the internet. And that is brought to you by my friends over at Tattoo Therapy, Inc. Money's Crazy Mind and Redline Radio LLC is proudly sponsored by Tattoo Therapy, Inc. In the Greenbrier Shopping Center at 6259 Pearl Road, Parma Heights, Ohio. You can contact Riley today at 440-747-7130. They are one of the premier tattoo parlors in Northeast Ohio. And don't forget to tell them that Red Line Radio sent you. All right, so here it is. The Whose Line Anyway cast wasn't paid fairly, says Colin Mockery. Colin Mockery, star of the improv comedy series Whose Line Is It Anyway, says the series hasn't compensated the cast for creating the show's content. So, I mean, that sounds pretty damning. I mean, Whose Line Is It Anyway was always one of my favorite shows. And this is coming to you from Screen Rant. So let's go on through the article here. Colin Mockery, one of the shows of whose uh, stars of Whose Line Is It Anyway, says the cast wasn't compensated fairly for their work. Whose Line Is It Anyway is an improvisational comedy series that began in 1998 and ran until 2007, which starred Mockery alongside Ryan Stiles, Wayne Brady, and hosted by Drew Carey. The show was revived by the CW in 2013 with Aisha Taylor replacing Carey as the host. In November 2002, Mockery revealed on Twitter that they would be filming the uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway's final season in January, bringing the revival show to an end after nine seasons. In an interview with Vulture, Mockery candidly opened up about the lack of fair pay the cast on Whose Line received, 
Mockery says that he loved filming the series with his fellow cast members and that it was fun doing the show. However, Mockery explains that despite the improv actors providing Whose Line Is It Anyway content, the cast isn't paid as writers and has never received any residuals for the series. You can read Colin's full comment. Uh, there is a complicated relationship with the show. The cast loves each other, and the actual shooting is always fun. We are all grateful that the show gave us a showcase and allowed us to be able to tour. The downside is that we never received fair compensation for the success of the show. We provided the content, but don't get paid as writers. We never receive residuals for a show that has been shown all around the world since its inception. Seeing announcements about the sale, the, the sale to the show overseas or to HBO Max can get irritating. I hope I don't sound bitter because I learned long ago that this business is not fair and being bitter about it gets you nowhere. So then it just goes on to talk about if there's any chance that the show could get picked up again by anybody else and if they would be willing to return. But that's the, the main gist of the article is that they were never paid as writers for the show. Now, it is an improv show, and every member of the cast brings their own piece of the puzzle, and everybody does help create the content. I can understand why Colin is upset, but when you read the title of the article, it almost sounds like he's upset because they were never paid. But they were paid, they just weren't paid as content creators. They weren't paid as writers. So they were being compensated, just not being compensated for actually writing the skits that were used on the show. So what's my takeaway from that? Well, articles can be misleading. And I did see that story yesterday and I wanted to talk about it. But it also goes to prove that you shouldn't just read the headline. So... For Ryan and Colin and those guys to not be paid as writers, that's a little unfair. But also, at the same time, there really isn't any writers to the show, so they probably didn't even think about paying those guys as writers since all the content was being come came up with on the fly, and they weren't really writing a show per se. But if you were also going to say that that you know the cast should be writers, then shouldn't the audience be writers as well since they do do scenes from a hat and all those scenes were come up with, you know, every scene that was in a hat. I loved Whose Line Is It Anyway, by the way. But all those scenes that are in the hat and everything like that, those were voted on, or not voted on, but decided on by the audience of the show. So if you're going to sit there and say that the cast was improperly compensated, then you should also sit there and say that the audience should get a little bit of that money or, you know, because they're the ones that came up with all the scenes from the hat. If you guys want to join in tonight's conversation about Valentine's day and why I hate it, but you know, we're going to get into the history of the, of the holiday and hopefully that'll help explain a little bit more why I hate Valentine's day. And as I'm going through this, I'll talk about the different parts of the history of Valentine's day that make me hate the holiday. Uh, but if you guys want to join the show, there's only one way you can do that. Attention hotline fans. Yes. Give a call into the uh, Fitz Trashman Cleaning LLC hotline at 440-444-7251. You see the number right there at the bottom of the screen. All right. So 
that, that was just my little takeaway from that. Um, I do want to talk a little bit uh, about a couple events that we have coming up here at Redline Radio, and um, hopefully you guys can make it to uh, some of these events. So first up, Friday, February 18th, we have Lucy's uh, Shenanigans and Redline Radio, along with Lex Vegas presenting Back on Our Bullshit, and that's going to be 7 p.m. on February 18th at Lucy's Shenanigans and Taco Bar, and that is at 2281 Broadview Road in Cleveland, Ohio. Tickets are $10 if you get them through either uh, Lex Vegas, Dynamite Dave, or anybody at Redline Radio, or that'll be $15 at the door. Now, what's going to make this even more special is that we're also turning it into Dynamite Dave's going away party since the next day Dave is leaving on a jet plane and going away to Las Vegas, hopefully forever. Uh, But after that, we have, and this one's very special, we have the Women's Health Summit. The next one is going to be on February 26th from 11, a, uh, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. You got Tiff, Susie, Ebony, uh, Nikki, and then hosted by Jess. That'll be from uh, Studio One. And uh, it, like I said, it'll be airing uh, February 26th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. All right. So... Um, you know, we have a full line lineup here at Redline Radio. Uh, Monday nights, Just Therapy from 7 to 9 p.m. Tuesday nights, Timbuk Tuesday from 6 to 8. Uh, over on RedlineRadioLLC.com, Gary Winter spinning all the hits from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And then, of course, on the first Tuesday of every month is the 80s as well from 6 to 10 p.m. Uh, Broad Street South will be returning here very soon. So that's from 8 to 9 p.m. Wednesday, we got Cleveland's Finest from six to, uh, 4 to 6 p.m. And then talking about balls from 7 to 9. Uh, those guys just had a, a live event over at Lucy Shenanigans. Congratulations to all the success that those guys had with that. Uh, Thursday, it's Thursdays for the culture. You got uh, That Guy Dub from 3 to 4 p.m. Lex Vegas Show from 7 to 8 p.m. And Club Pistol from 8.30 to 9.30 p.m. And then thrown in there is Money's Crazy Soundtrack exclusively over on RedlineRadioLLC.com from 5 to 7 p.m. Now, obviously, there hasn't been one of those in a couple of weeks either. Like I said, sometimes life gets in the way. I just haven't had time to try to put together uh, two shows. Um, But Money's Crazy Soundtrack does return, but we're returning on a special day. It'll be tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m., and we are going to be dedicating that to uh, suicide prevention and awareness and also depression awareness. Every song that is going to be on the soundtrack tomorrow is either dealing with suicide, depression, um, you know, and, you know, even trying to bring awareness to it. And even some songs that, you know, deal with people that are trying to help people suffering from those things and sprinkled in in all that we are going to be giving out resources to people all over the world on how you can get help for either yourself or a family member suffering from depression. Um, Or, you know, if you are a family member of somebody who's lost someone to suicide, or if you even know somebody who might be having suicidal thoughts, we're going to be giving uh, tips and tools and resources for people all over the world 
uh, dealing with those things. Also, it is going to be the Redline Radio premiere of Metallica's new single, Screaming Suicide. And uh, James Hetfield and the guys in Metallica stated that the reason they wrote that song was to help end the stigma uh, that exists when trying to speak about not just suicide, but depression and all of that as well. Uh, so hopefully everybody will tune into that. And then uh, along with that, on uh, Saturday, we have Cocktails and Comedy with Jen Jen from 830 to 930 and TMI Too Much inf- Information Excuse me, from 10 p.m. to midnight. And then on Sunday, um, we have Medium Ratchet from 6 to 7, which that show will be returning here very soon. And, we, and starting the 19th, we have a brand new show um, that is going to be starting here live and local from 7.30 to 9.30. And that actually sounds like a show that I might be interested in because it sounds like this guy is going to be doing a lot of uh, um, heavy metal bands and playing all their music and getting local heavy metal bands uh, some attention here in the area. So that's what we have coming up here on Redline Radio LLC for the rest of the week. Now, let's get into it here. Um, the whole purpose of this show this week is because to me, I have never, ever liked Valentine's Day. And there's got to be a reason for that, right? There you see it, Dr. Fankman, Valentine's Day. Bummer. So I decided let's dive into the history of Valentine's Day and talk about all the reasons from the history of Valentine's Day why I hate Valentine's Day. So Valentine's Day, it's also called St. Valentine's Day, or the Feast of St. Valentine, is celebrated annually on February 14th. It originated as a Christian feast day honoring one or two, there's your first hint right there, early Christian martyrs named St. Valentine. Through later folk traditions, it has become a significant cultural, religious, and commercial celebration of romance and love in many regions of the world. There are a number of martyrdom stories associated with various Valentines connected to February 14th, including an account of the imprisonment of St. Valentine of Rome for ministering to Christians persecuted under Roman Empire in the 3rd century. And according to tradition, St. Valentine restored the right or the sight to the blind daughter of his jailer. Numerous later additions to the legend have better related it to the theme of love an 18th century embellishment um, uh, to the legend claims that he wrote the jailer's daughter a letter signed your Valentine as a farewell before his execution. Another tradition uh, uh, poised that St. Valentine performed wedding for Christian soldiers who were forbidden to marry. All right, so there you go. Starting out right there, there's already some uh, miscommunication as to what this holiday is actually about, who it's actually about, and why it exists. So you have all these different stories about a Saint Valentine, but as you read in the first, as you heard in the first paragraph, I should say, uh, one or two early Christian martyrs named Saint Valentine. So how are there so many different Christian martyrs by the name of Saint Valentine? And which one does this holiday actually connect to? That is one of the biggest things that I think drives me crazy about Valentine's Day. 
Why are we celebrating it? And where did all this bullshit about love and honor and respect and turning it into a basically one of the most expensive date nights of the year come from? And as we get further through this, we'll get into all of that. Uh, but in the 8th century, the Galatian Sacramenti recorded the celebration of the Feast of St. Valentine on February 14th. That day became associated with romantic love in the 14th and 15th century when the notions of courtly love flourished, apparently by the association with the lovebirds of early spring. In 18th century England, it grew into an occasion in which couples expressed their love for each other by presenting flowers, offering confectionaries, and sending greeting cards known as Valentines. Valentine's Day symbols that are used uh, today include the heart-shaped outline, doves, and the figure of the winged Cupid. Since the 19th century, handwritten Valentines have given way to mass-produced greeting cards. In Italy, St. Valentine's keys are given to lovers as a romantic symbol and an invitation to unlock the giver's heart as well as to children to ward off epilepsy called St. Valentine's Milady. St. Valentine's Day is not a public holiday in any country, although it is an official feast day in the Anglican community and the Lutheran Church. Many parts of the Eastern Orthodox Church also celebrate St. Valentine's Day on July 6th, In honor of Roman Presbyter St. Valentine and on July 30th, in honor of Hieromartyr Valentine, the bishop of what is now modern Terni. All right, so there you go. More misconception on to where all of this came from. The biggest thing for me that I found when I was going through all of this research about uh, Valentine's Day and how it got started is the fact that there seem to be multiple dates and multiple different St. Valentines that we cannot narrow down which one is actually uh, to be celebrated on this day. So those are some of the first misconceptions that I see here. So let's get into the history of St. Valentine himself, and let's see if we can figure out which one this holiday is supposed to be talking about. So there we see already we're going to get into um, more reasoning here why this holiday makes no sense, why I hate it, and where all of this comes from. So numerous early Christian martyrs were named Valentine. The Valentines honored on Valentine, uh, February 14th are Valentine of Rome and Valentine of Terni. Valentine of Rome was a priest in Rome who was martyred in two, uh, 269. He was added to the calendar of saints by Pope Galatius I in four, uh, 496 and buried on the Via Flamina. The relics of St. Valentine were kept in the church at the and catacombs of San Valentino in Rome, which remained an important pilgrim site throughout the Middle Ages, until the relics of St. Valentine were transferred to the Church of Santa Presida during the pontification of Nicholas IV. The flower-crowned skull of St. Valentine is exhibited in the uh, Belisca 
of Santa Maria in Cosmedon, Rome. Other relics are found at Whitefriar Street Carmelite Church in Dublin, Ireland. Valentine of Tierney uh, became Bishop of uh, Interraman, now Tierney, in central Italy, and is said to have been martyred during the persecution under Emperor Alorian in 273. He is buried on the Via Flamina, but in a different location from Valentine of Rome. His relics are in the Basilica, Basilica of St. Valentine in Terni. And then Professor Jack B. Orush of the University of Kansas notes that abstracts of the acts of the two saints were in nearly every church and monastery of Europe. The Catholic Encyclopedia speaks of a third saint named Valentine mentioned in early uh, martyrologies under the date February 14th. He was martyred in Africa with a number of companions, but nothing more is known about him. A relic claimed to be uh, St. Valentine of Turney's head was preserved in the Abbey of Newminster, Winchester, and venerated. All right, so there you go. Yet again, there's now three St. Valentines that are associated with the same day. Yet nobody knows which one is the true St. Valentine and how this day actually got started. That is the whole main reasoning behind why, the main reason why I hate Valentine's Day. I'll get into more of it once we get through some of this history, because now we're going to be getting into the legends of Valentine's Day and a lot of the uh, folk traditions, the connection with romantic love. So we have a lot more to get to when it comes to the history of Valentine's Day. And all of this all equals into the reasons why I hate this fucking holiday. A little bit more here about these guys. February 14th is celebrated as St. Valentine's Day in various Christian denominations. It has, for example, the rank of commemoration in the calendar of saints in the Anglican Communion. The feast day of St. Valentine is given the calendar of saints of the Lutheran Church. However, in 1969, uh, a revision of the Roman Catholic calendar of saints, the feast day for St. Valentine on February 14th was removed from the general Roman calendar and relegated to particular local or even national calendars for the following reason. Though the memorial of St. Valentine is ancient, it is left to particular calendars since apart from his name, nothing is known of St. Valentine except that he was buried on Via Flamina on February 14th. So I think that right there is probably the biggest reason why this holiday just exists for no reason. You can't even sit there and clearly state that nothing is known of St. Valentine. And which version of St. Valentine are they talking about here that made them remove it from the Roman Catholic calendar of saints in 1969? So basically, anybody out there that's obsessed with this holiday... Your shit is denied because you can't narrow it down to what exactly is causing this holiday to be happening. 
And that, I think, is the biggest misconception when it comes to all of this, is nobody can narrow down why this holiday exists, where it came from, and what its general purpose is. All right. So, uh, the feast day celebrated in uh, Bolzan, where relics of the saint are claimed to be found, and although throughout the world, traditionalist Catholics who follow the older pre-Second Vatican calendar, which is the one from 1969 that was changed, in the Eastern uh, Orthodox Church, St. Valentine is recognized on July 6th in which St. Valentine, the Roman presbyter, is honored. In addition, the Eastern Orthodox Church observes the Feast of the Higher Martyr Valentine, Bishop of Intramana, on July 30th. So there you go. So what, are we supposed to celebrate Valentine's Day three times a year, twice in July and once in February? This is the thing that, that doesn't add up with me with any of this. I'm not a religious person. I never pretend to be. But this is supposed but this whole day exists because of the martyr Saint Valentine. But yet now you're saying that there's three different ones and they're all supposed to be recognized on three different days. So which one is it? Which one is the true one? Which one is the one that we celebrate on February 14th? And why is it all about hearts, flowers and candy all of a sudden? We'll get into that. So some of the legends that exist around Valentine's Day, uh, J.C. Cooper in the Dictionary of Christianity writes that St. Valentine was, quote, a priest from Rome who was imprisoned for scouring persecuted Christians. Contemporary records of St. Valentine were most probably destroyed during the the Dioclintanic persecution in the early 4th century, And in the 5th and 6th century, a work called Passio Marie et Marta published a story of martyrdom for St. Valentine of Rome, perhaps by borrowing, borrowing, borrowing tortures that happened to other saints, as was usual in the literature of that period. So... What's the truth? The same events are found in Betty's Martyrology, which was compiled in the 8th century. It states that St. Valentine was persecuted as a Christian and interrogated by Roman Emperor Claudius II in person. Claudius was impressed by Valentine and had a discussion with him, attempting to get him to convert to Roman paganism in order to save his life. Valentine refused and tried to convert Claudius to Christianity instead. Because of this, he was executed. Before his execution, he is reported to have performed a miracle by healing Julia, the blind daughter of his jailer, Astrius. The jailer's daughter and his 46-member household, family members and servants came to believe in Jesus and were baptized. So that, again, you know, obviously this is about St. Valentine, a Christian martyr. That's what this whole day got started as. And 
as we go further through everything that we're doing here, whoa, how did I get behind the money signs? Like, what the hell is going on here? I'm still in front of them. Now I'm behind everything. What is going on here? Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. Let's try that. There we go. Oops. Been a while since I've used this, so things get messed up. All right, there we go. Um, but yeah, I mean, so there it is. I mean, like we have no idea where these ideas came from, which one we're honoring, which one is going through any of this. And, you know, we're led to believe that St. Valentine was able to perform the same kind of miracles as Jesus Christ, which I guess if you're trying to convert people to your religion, you're going to want to be able to perform miracles. Uh, da, da, da. A later pass, uh, Paseo repeated the legend, adding that Pope Julius I built a church over his sculpture. There is a confusion with a 4th century tribune called Valentino who donated land to build a church at the time when Julius was a pope. So again, a lot of confusion over where this stuff comes from. The legend was picked up as fact by later martyrologies, starting with uh, Bidet's martyrology in uh, 8th century. It was repeated in the 13th century. And then in the Golden Legend, there is an additional embellishment to the Golden Legend, which, according to Henry Ansgar Kelly, was added in the 18th century and widely repeated. On the evening before Valentine was to be executed, he is supposed to have written the first Valentine card himself, addressed to the daughter of his jailer, Asterius, who was no longer blind, signing as your Valentine. <clears throat> the expression from your Valentine was later adopted by modern Valentine letters. This legend has been published by both American Greetings and the History Channel because, you know, American Greetings, the people that we blame for this whole holiday existing to begin with, should be the end-all, be-all to where the legend of St. Valentine comes from, right? Are we starting to see why this whole thing is bullshit and why I hate Valentine's Day? John Fox, an English historian, as well as the Order of the Carmelites, state that St. Valentine was buried in the Church of Praxedes, in Rome, located near the cemetery of St. Hippolytus, Hippolytus, actually, this order says that according to legend, Julia herself planted a pink blossomed almond tree near his grave. Today, the almond tree remains a symbol of abiding love and friendship. But where is this coming from? Is it coming from American Greetings? Is it coming from the History Channel? Is it coming from actual historical documentation? Or is it coming from just somebody's asshole? Because if you remember earlier on in the story here, any historical documents about that time were destroyed in the 8th century. So where is all this new information supposedly coming from? All of this, all of this stuff where you can't, 
narrow down anything about this holiday all comes to the reasoning why I hate this holiday because I have no idea where it came from, how it exists, which St. Valentine it's honoring, because as we've known, there's now three that it supposedly is honoring, and we have three different dates. And when I start getting into where all of the hearts, flowers, candy, and all that other crap comes from, you'll really start to see why I hate this holiday. But another embellishment, and you see how they keep calling them embellishments? They don't call them additions to the, to the story or additions to the legend or anything like that. They're embellishments because they're bullshit. But another embellishment suggests that St. Valentine performed clandestine Christian weddings for soldiers who were forbidden to marry. The Roman Emperor Claudius II supposedly forbade this in order to grow his army, believing that married men did not make for good soldiers. However, George Monger writes that this marriage ban was never issued and that Claudius II told his soldiers to take two or three women for themselves after his victory over the Goths. So if that is clearly written in a history book, then this is all just more dogmatic bullshit from the Christian church. According to legend, in order to, quote, remind these men of their vows and God's love, St. Valentine is said to have cut hearts from parchment, giving them to these soldiers and persecuted Christians a possible origin for the widespread use of hearts on St. Valentine's Day. So there you go. Words like legend, embellishment, all of this, it all falls into the lore of Valentine's Day, but yet none of it can be determined as fact. And the, the reasoning behind that isn't because there weren't clear historical records. Obviously, there's a clear historical record that proves that uh, Emperor Claudius II of Rome never told his soldiers that they weren't allowed to marry, which caused St. Valentine to uh, perform clandestine weddings. But none of that is fact because we have it right here that an historian proves that that was wrong. So where does all this come from with Valentine's Day? There is no clear answer to where any of this comes from or why it exists. But All, you know, and again, this is all leading into why I hate Valentine's Day. All of this falls into one big bubble, which is why I'm telling you guys all of this stuff. We're now going to be getting into some of the folk traditions associated with Valentine's Day. We have one more paragraph here about the history of St. Valentine or the, is this still the history? or the legends of Valentine's Day, then we'll get into the folk traditions. St. Valentine supposedly wore a purple amethyst ring customarily worn on the hands of Christian bishops with the image of Cupid engraved in it. Recognizable symbol associated with the love that was legal under the Roman Empire. Roman soldiers would recognize the ring and ask him to perform marriage for them, probably due to his association with St. Valentine, amethyst, has become the birthstone of February, which is thought to attract love. 
I don't know about you guys, but there's nothing in any of this that explains why Cupid even became a symbol of Valentine's Day. Where the the history of Cupid falls into any of this. This is the first time in any of this that Cupid has even been brought up. And how would in the in the times that we're talking about here, fourth, fifth, sixth century, would anybody engrave a symbol of Cupid into a ring that would make it recognizable? The tools didn't exist back then. So where is that part of the story coming from as well? Now we get into the folk traditions. While the European folk traditions connected with St. Valentine and St. Valentine's Day have become marginalized by modern customs connecting the day with romantic love, there are still some connections with the advent of spring. While the custom of sending cards, flowers, chocolates, and other gifts originated in the UK, Valentine's Day still remains connected with the various regional customs in England. In Norfolk, a character called Jack Valentine knocks on rear doors of houses leaving sweets and presents for children. Although he was leaving treats, many children were scared of this mythical person. So here we go. Now Valentine's Day is Christmas? Are we starting to see the bullshit here? All of a sudden, this Jack Valentine knocks on the rear door of houses, leaving sweets and presents for children? Um, what? And think about this, right? I'm 38, I'll be 38 years old later this year. This is the first time I'm hearing about any of this. This is the first time I've ever heard the story of Jack Valentine. But that's why I wanted to do this. Because now, there's still no connection to candy, flowers, gifts, anything like that other than this Jack Valentine person. Are we sure that they're not talking about Jack Sparrow, a mythical pirate that you know wants the Black Pearl and all of that? That probably would be more believable to me than this. Now, in Slovenia, St. Valentine, or I'm not even going to try to pronounce that word, was one of the saints of spring, the saint of good health, and the patron of beekeepers and pilgrims. What if that means hearts, flowers, candy, and spending hundreds of dollars on your significant other? Oh, wait. A proverb says that St. Valentine brings the keys of, of roots. Plants and flowers start to grow on this day. It has been celebrated as the day when the first work in the vineyards and in the fields commences. It's still not seeing anything about hearts, flowers, candy, and love there. <clears throat> it also said that birds propose to each other or marry on that day. Another proverb says, Valentine Privy Splamadin, Valentine, the first spring saint, as in some places, especially White Carinola, St. Valentine marks the beginning of spring. So yet here we go. If Valentine's Day is all about the start of spring, sure, I'll celebrate that. I ain't got no problem with that because that means no more snow. I hate winter. 
I hate snow. I hate everything that goes into winter. So if this is supposed to be a celebration of winter, bring it on. But I'm still seeing nothing here in any of these stories that have anything to do with romantic love, hearts, flowers, candy, any of that. So now we're finally, we're four pages into this and we're just now getting into the connection to romantic love. And here's some ancient origins to where that could come from. The feast of St. Valentine originated in Christendom and has been marked by the Western Church of Christendom in honor of one of the Catholic martyrs named Valentine. As recorded in the 8th century Galatian Sacramenti, um, in ancient Rome, Lupercalia was observed February 13th through the 15th on behalf of Pan and Juno, pagan gods of love, marriage, and fertility. So there you go. It has nothing to do with St. Valentine. It all has to do with the pagans. So why are we associating a day with dealing with love that's supposed to be a three-day-long celebration? Don't you dare get any ideas, honey. Is a pagan tradition called Lupercalia. So maybe we should all start celebrating Lupercalia instead of Valentine's Day. Cool. All right. You know, on behalf of Pan and Juno, the pagan gods, we celebrate Lupercalia on February 13th through the 15th. But that also means that February 14th is right in the middle of that. So here is, we have the Christians trying to take over a pagan ritual because it doesn't fit the idea of their St. Valentine's celebration. Uh, but here, here's another caveat. But wait, there's more. It was a rite connected to the purification of health and had only slight connection to fertility as a part of health and none to love. So there we go. Still nothing connected to love. The celebration of St. Valentine is not known to have any romantic connotations until Chaucer's poetry about Valentine's Day in the 14th century. Some 700 years after the celebration of Lupercalia is believed to have ceased. Lupercalia was a festival local to the city of Rome. The more general festi festival of Juno Febra, meaning Juno the Purifier, or the Chaste Juno, was celebrated on February 13th and 14th. Although Pope Galatius I, who was there for only four years, 492 to 496, article in the Catholic Encyclopedia says that he had abolished Lupercalia, theologian, and Methodist minister. Uh, Bruce Forbes wrote that no evidence has been demonstrated to link St. Valentine's Day and the rites of the ancient Roman purification festival of Lupercalia, despite claims by many authors to the contrary. So there we go. More deception, more lies, more cover-up as to what this holiday is really about and where it actually gets started. Are we starting to see why I think this holiday, whoops, 
This holiday is the biggest piece of bullshit since the biggest piece of bullshit? Some researchers have theologized that Galatius I replaced Lupercalia with the celebration of the purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary, a connection to the 14th century connotations of romantic love, but there is no historical indication that he ever intended such a thing. Also, the dates do not fit because at the time of Galatius I, the feast was only celebrated in Jerusalem, and it was on February 14th only because Jerusalem placed the nativity of Jesus or Christmas on January 6th. Although it was called Purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary, it also dealt with the presentation of Jesus at the temple. Jerusalem's purification of the Blessed Mary on February 14th became the presentation of Jesus at the temple on February 2nd as it was introduced to Rome and other places in the 6th century after Galatius I's time. So still, can't narrow down anything as to what this holiday is really about. Albin Butler in his The Lives of the Fathers, Martyrs, and Other Principal Saints, claimed without proof that boys and girls in Lupercalia drew names from a jar to make couples, and the modern Valentine's leather originated from this custom. So he claimed without proof that boys and girls in Lupercalia drew names. So basically what this is saying is that this guy came up with more bullshit. In reality, the practice originated in the Middle Ages with no link to Lupercalia, the boy, with boys drawing names of girls at random to couple with them. The custom was combated by priests, for example, Francis, uh, Francis de Sales around 1600, apparently replacing it with a religious custom of girls drawing names of apostles from the altar. However, this religious custom is recorded as soon as the 13th century in the life of St. Elizabeth of Hungary, so it could have a different origin. Now, wait a second. Do you see what, what, what's happening here? Every time something that doesn't have a link to anything Christianity or anything Catholicism, for that matter, because a lot of this delves into Catholic dogma as well. If you've ever studied the Catholic religion, because I did because I'm a former Catholic— a lot of this all stems from that as well. So what we're what I'm seeing here and a lot of what I'm understanding here is that anything that was happening around the same time that had no ties to Christianity, no ties to Catholicism, the Catholics were trying to replace with some kind of Catholic thing and making it their own to try to keep this holiday about St. Valentine. It almost seems like they're trying to do anything they can to make St. Valentine as big a name as Jesus, as big a name of God, as big a name of any of the other, other heavy hitter names in the Bible. I mean, at least that's the way I'm, I'm reading this, because a lot of what we're seeing is that a lot of these things that these people from the Catholic or the Christian religion claimed happened never happened during their time. But also, 
Well, we'll get into that in a little bit. Let's finish this up here real quick because it's getting about time to take a break. So we got about 10 minutes. Um, so Chaucer's Parliament of Fowls. So this is the first time that they claim that Valentine's Day has been associated with romantic love. The first recorded association of Valentine's Day with romantic love is to believe to be in the Parliament of Fowls by Geoffrey Chaucer. Happy V-Day, yo. Uh, you see right there, uh, Rob J., host of uh, Cleveland's Finest, I hate Valentine's Day. Um, we'll even bring back up Dr. Venkman for, for a little bit here. Uh, I am wearing the official T-shirt of the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters, so Dr. Venkman is a welcome guest. Um, but the first recorded association of Valentine's Day with romantic love is, a, is believed to be in the Parliament of Fowls, I see, <laughs> uh, honoring the first anniversary of the engagement of the 15-year-old, what's up, Dave, uh, 15-year-old King Richard II of England to 15-year-old Anne of Bohemia. And Chaucer wrote, and the, the Middle English is here, but um, it's kind of weird to try to speak it for those that don't know how to understand Middle English, it's kind of difficult, but they, they translated it to modern English. So here we go. For this was on St. Valentine's Day, when every bird comes there to choose his match. Good mic. Yes, uh, gold mic. Nice. Yes, this is my own personal mic. I brought it from home um, just to make me feel like I'm back in Spook Central since I'm back here in the Growing Wings Adult Services studios. Uh, okay, where every bird comes to choose his match. Uh, of every kind that men may think of and that so huge a noise they begin to make that earth and air and tree and every lake was so full that not easily was there space for me to stand so full was all the place. Um, yeah, so still, I don't really, I, I like it too. The gold mic is money. Uh, welcome back. Yes, yes. Um, I don't know if this is going to be a permanent uh, thing, but it's definitely for this week and possibly next week as well. Um, got some news when we come back from break. We're, we're about five minutes away from break here. I want to finish up this last little piece, and then when we come back, we'll finish up the rest of the reasons why I hate Valentine's Day. And you can tell by the look on Dr. Venkman's face, he hates it too. Um, I still don't really see much there that deals with romantic love. I mean, the, the lovebirds thing is there, you know, because lovebirds are meant to be from February and things like that. But uh, readers have uncritically assumed that Chaucer was referring to February 14th as Valentine's Day. Henry Ansgar Kelly has observed that Chaucer might have had in mind the feast day of St. Valentine of Genoa, an early bishop of Genoa who died around A.D. 307. It was probably celebrated on May 3rd. So there again, there again, another date that's supposedly associated with St. Valentine's Day or the Feast of St. Valentine. A treaty providing for Richard II and Anne's marriage, the subject of the poem, was signed on May 2nd, 1381. So again, all these crazy associations that people are coming up with still have no tie to an actual thing that occurred on February 14th 
which is the traditional day related to Valentine's Day. Uh, Jack B. Orush notes that the date on which spring begins has changed since Chaucer's time because of the the procession of the equinoxes and the introduction of the more accurate uh, Gregorian. I hate that day. I hate that day to leave. That's the date we laid my sister in her final rest of the uh, I, I'm sorry to hear that, Dave. Um, but all of this that I'm reading off here is all the reasons why I hate Valentine's Day as well. Um, so notes that the date on which spring began, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the more Gregorian calendar in 1582 on the Julian calendar used in Chaucer's time, February 14th would have fallen on the date now called February 23rd, a time when some birds have started mating and nesting in England. Uh, Chaucer's Parliament of Fowls refers to a supposed established tradition, but there is no record of such a tradition before Chaucer. The speculative derivation of sentimental customs from the distant past begin with the 18th century antiquaries, notably Albin Butler, the author of Butler's Lives of Saints, and has been perpetrated and even respectable modern scholars. Most notably that, quote, the idea that Valentine's Day customs perpetrated those of the Roman Lupercalia have been accepted uncritically and repeatedly in various forms up to the present. So again, there's more more relation to Lupercalia than there is to anything involving St. Valentine. Three other authors who made poems about birds mating on St. Valentine's Day around the same year, Otten de Grandson from Savoy, John Gower from England, and a knight called Pardo from Valencia. Chaucer most probably predated all of them, but due to the difficulty dating medieval works, it is not possible to ascertain which of the floor four may have influenced the others. So again, more disconnect as to where any of these traditions when it comes to Valentine's Day comes from. With that, we are going to jump to break here. When we come back, we discuss the court of love and the modern traditions surrounding Valentine's Day. All of this is all detailing why I hate, I hate, I hate Peter Pan. No, I'm sorry. I I stole that from the movie Hook. I hate Valentine's Day. More in the asylum here. You see me in Nurse Ratchet's office when we come back right here on Money's Crazy Mind. Hey, Dr. Venkman, since you're just standing there doing nothing, why don't you take us to break?
When I was a kid, I didn't have that many friends So I watched a lot of TV and I played a lot of pretend The normal kind of stuff you know that all kids do But the imagination grows with the more that you've been through I never thought my mind could turn to the wicked shit Until I opened my mouth and you put your fist in it That's a wicked win for the next few years Most loving words I ever heard was give me a few more beers That meant you were done, yeah, I'm just getting warmed up Tell me, Dad, are you starting to feel like a real dumb fuck for turning your son into a psychotic maniac Wish you would have died when you had the first heart attack It's your fault that I'm this way It's your fault that I'm so sick It's your fault that I'm insane It's your fault I'm a lunatic Homeless by the age of nine Living with my only friend Paid aside a young man's mind Will never be the same again Then we finally got a house More like a fucking trailer home Back to beat, I'm back to life I'm back to always feel alone Tell me what is that for a kid to go through Maybe I would show you mercy If you ever said I loved you But fuck that I'm coming through with this shit when I'm ripping it Look in the mirror, it's a fucking day of reckoning Fuck you Fuck you Fuck you Fuck you! It's your fault! 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 Fuck you! It's your fault, it's your fault That I'm this way, it's your fault That I'm so sick, it's your fault That I'm insane, it's your fault I'm a lunatic Oh wow, that sounds, that sounds really great. Wow, that sounds like a really good deal. Who are you talking to? Uh, the Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters. Hello, Northeast Ohio Ghostbusters. What are you wearing? Uh... Khakis? Well, that sounds hideous. Well, they're Ghostbusters. All right, all right. <clears throat> Coming back here. The asylum is still open. The asylum is still accepting new patients. All right, here we go. Our number two. Our number two here of Money's Crazy Mind. I want to give a huge shout out to my guys over in Psych Ward for continuing to allow the asylum here and Money's Crazy Mind to use all of their great music. So as you can see right there, Valentine's Day. Bummer. We're talking all about the history of Valentine's Day and narrowing down all the reasons why I hate Valentine's Day. So far, all we've heard is a lot of Christian and, and Catholic dogma as to the reasons why St. Valentine is celebrated on February 14th. But then none of that has anything to do with the fact that we do hearts, flowers, candy, and all of that crap on Valentine's Day. Where did all of that come from? We still haven't heard anything about that. We're up to the 16th, 17th century. But on top of that, we had Chaucer's Parliament of Fowls, which was supposed to be the first uh, mention of, of romantic love ever 
associated with February 14th, but yet that that was proven to be a lie. So where does all this come from? We're still trying to narrow that down. We're still trying to figure that out. So here we go with the court of love. The earliest description of February 14th as an annual celebration of love appears in the charter of the court of love. The charter allegedly issued by Charles IV of France at Mantes la Jolie in 1400 describes lavish festivities to be attended by several members of the royal court, including a feast, amorous song, and poetry competitions, jousting, and dancing. Yeah, because that's what I associate with Valentine's Day. Jousting, dancing, poetry competitions. Amid these festivities, the attending ladies would hear and rule on disputes from lovers. No other record of the court exists, and none of those named in the charter were present at Mantis except Charles Queen, Isabeau of Bavaria, who may have well imagined it all while waiting out a plague. So there, we still have no actual historical factual record as to anything involving Valentine's Day, love, and all of that. But here we are now in what this article considers to be modern times. In 1970s, I'm sorry, in 1797, a British publisher issued the Young Man's Valentine Writer, which contained scores of suggested sentimental verses for the young lover unable to compose his own. Now, here's what this sounds like to me. You've probably seen this in hundreds of, you know, chick flick, love comedies, all of that crap, where a young man finds his father's old love letters and love poems and and all of that that his father sent his mother when they were courting. And he uses those to try to win over the heart of some girl that he's pining after as well. And a lot of times in those movies, it works. There are times when it doesn't, though, as well. That, to me, is what this sounds like almost. Printers had already begun producing a limited number of cards with verses and sketches called mechanical valentines. Paper valentines became so popular in England in the early 19th century that they were assembled in factories. Fancy valentines were made with real lace and ribbons, ribbons, sorry, with paper lace introduced in the mid 19th century. In 1835, 60,000 Valentine cards were sent by post in the United Kingdom, despite postage being expensive. So now we're finally getting into where the Valentine card stuff came from. This is all just a ploy for people to make money. A reduction in postal rates following Sir Rowland Hill's postal reforms within the 1840 invention of the postage stamp or the penny black saw the number of Valentines posted increase with 400,000 sent just one year after its invention and ushered in less personal, but easier practice of mailing Valentines. So 
yet again, the whole invention of Valentine cards and all of that, it was all just some money-making scheme. And it still seems like there's no real reason why this stuff exists. So we have this invention in the early seven, in the late 1700s, early 1800s. And there's still no tie to why this day. But here we go again. Uh, with the production of paper valentines with less personal but easier practice of mailing them, it made it possible for the first time to exchange cards anonymously, which is taken as the reason for the sudden appearance of racy verse in an era otherwise prudishly Victorian. Production increased Cupid's manufactory, as Charles Dick Dickens termed it, with over 3,000 women employing in manufacture. The Lauren Seddon greeting card collection at Manchester Metropolitan University gathers 450 Valentine's Day cards dating from the early 19th century Britain printed by major publishers of the day. The collection appears in Seddon's book, Victorian Valentines, in 1996. So here you go. You have the Laura Seddon greeting card collection, and Laura Seddon being one of the very first people to create these uh, more mass-produced Valentine's cards. Um and that seems to be the only reason that they exist. But yet everybody still associates these Valentine cards with this idea of St. Valentine writing the jailer that was holding him captive's daughter of Valentine after curing her of her blindness in a time before Christ. So here we start with the United States part of it. The United States hasn't even come into this yet. And that's the, I mean, we're talking 1797, uh, you know, and we all know that most of the United States is British settlers at that point. So are they practicing Valentine's Day? Let's find out. In the United States, the first mass-produced Valentines embossed, of embossed paper lace were produced and sold shortly after 1847 by Esther Howland of Worcester, Massachusetts, or Worcester, Massachusetts, her father operated a large book and stationery store. But Helen took her inspiration from an English valentine she had received from a business associate of her father. Intrigued with the idea of making similar valentines, Helen began her business by importing paper, lace, and floral decorations from England. Again, this is all just a manufactured day to try to make money. And that to me is the main reason why I hate this day. A writer in Graham's American Monthly observed in 1849, St. Valentine's Day dot 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 is becoming, nay, it has become a national holiday. And that is only after this person started mass producing cards. So the only reason it became a national holiday is because some woman stole the idea from somebody in England to mass produce greeting cards. 
The English practice of sending Valentine's cards was established enough to feature a plot device in Elizabeth Gaskell's Mr. Harrison's Confessions. I burst in my explanations, the Valentine I know nothing about. It is in your handwriting, said he, said he coldly. Since 2001, the Greeting Card Association has been given an annual Esther Howland Award for Greeting Card Visionary. So, again, everything that, that we know as what is to be associated with this holiday all revolves around the creation of greeting cards. Since the 19th century, handwritten notes have given way to mass-produced greeting cards. In the UK, just under half the population spend money on their Valentines. Around 1.9 billion pounds. I will say that again. 1.9 billion pounds was spent. Okie dokie was spent in 2015 on cards, flowers, chocolates, and other gifts. The mid-19th century Valentine's Day trade was a harbinger of further commercialized holiday holidays in the United States to follow. In 1868, the British chocolate company Cadbury created fancy boxes, a decorated box of chocolates in the shape of a heart for Valentine's Day. Boxes of filled chocolates quickly became associated with the holiday. In the second half of the 20th century, the practice of exchanging cards was extended to all manner of gifts, such as giving jewelry. So there we go. This is the only time that any of that has ever been associated with it. And it's all because these companies begin associating all of this crap with this day. So there is nothing written anywhere in history that says that this day is meant to exist. Not even in, the, and we've, we, I read it in the beginning of the show, not even the Christians consider this to be an actual day, except for two parts of the religion. So why? Why are we so inclined in celebrating this? Are we starting to see why I hate this day? Yes, I become Squidward on Valentine's Day. I really do. I hate Valentine's Day. I don't think I've used this one yet. Let's print this one up. There we go. The U.S. Greeting Card Association estimates that approximately 100 and 90 million valentines are sent each year in the United States. Half of those valentines are given to family members other than husband or wife, usually to children. When the valentine exchange cards made in school activities are included, that figure goes up to a whopping one billion. And teachers become the people receiving the most valentines. The average Valentine's spending has increased every year in the United States from $108 a person in 2010 to $131 in 2013. The rise of internet popularity at the turn of the millennium is creating new traditions. 
Millions of people use every year digital means of creating and sending Valentine's Day greetings, such as e-cards, love coupons, or printable greeting cards. Valentine's Day is considered by some to be a hallmark holiday <laughs> due to its commercialization. You know what? I'll let Nelson go on that one. I didn't mean to press that button, but I'll let it go. In the modern era, liturgically, uh, liturgically, well, however you say that, the Lutheran Church and Anglican Church have a service for St. Valentine's Day, the Feast of St. Valentine, which includes the optional rite of renewal of marriage vows. In 2016, the Catholic bishops of England and Wales established a novena prayer to support single people seeking a spouse ahead of St. Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day has only recently been celebrated as, a, as the Day of Love. The Day of Love was traditionally March 12th, the St. Gregory's Day, or February 22nd, St. Vincent's Day. The patron saint of love was St. Anthony, whose day has been celebrated on June 13th. So yet again, here we go. We get to the end of the modern celebration of Valentine's Day, and we're still getting new dates as to when love is supposed to be associated with anything Christian. And none of it has to deal with St. Valentine. So this day is just the biggest made-up day of bullshit that has ever existed anywhere. So for me, if I were to sit there and say any day should, should be given hearts, flowers, candy, any of the crap that is currently associated with Valentine's Day, it should be June 13th because St. Anthony is the saint of love. So June 13th. June 13th should be the celebrated day of love. Or, you know, it even says here that the day of love was traditionally celebrated on March 12th. Why don't we just move Valentine's Day to March 12th? Or just take Valentine out of it altogether and, and include something from Lupercalia. Since, you know, they were the ones that originally were associated with love, fertility, and all of that stuff. These right there are all of the all seven pages of this crap that I just read, and I'm still not done, are the reasons I hate Valentine's Day. So since there's still a little bit of information left on page seven, we'll keep page seven. Get back on there. Stay. But pages one through six of all this bull crap that I just read, gone. Because there's nothing in any of that that tells me any reason why I should celebrate this holiday, why I should respect this holiday, or why I should have anything to do with this holiday. But the celebration and status worldwide, or Valentine's Day customs of sending greeting cards, offering confectionery and presenting flowers, developed in early modern England and spread throughout the English-speaking world in the 19th century. In the later 20th and early 21st century, these customs spread to other countries, like those of Halloween, other than aspects of Christmas, such as Santa Claus. Valentine's Day is also celebrated in many East Asian countries, 
with Singaporeans, Chinese, and South Koreans spending the most money on Valentine's Day gifts. Now, there are some countries that don't buy into this Valentine's Day bullshit, like me, and the celebration of Valentine's Day has been banned in Indonesia, Pakistan, and Saudi Arabia due to beliefs that the holiday conflicts with Islamic culture. Okay, I'm fine with that. Since 2009, certain practices pertaining to Valentine's Day, such as giving flowers, cards, or other gifts suggestive of Valentine's Day, are banned in Iran. Iran's law enforcement force prosecutes distributors of goods with symbols associated with Valentine's Day. In 2021, the prosecutor's office of Qom, Iran, stated that it will prosecute those who disseminate and provide anti-cultural symbols like those of Valentine's Day. So while they may not buy in to Valentine's Day, it's not because of the reasons I stated. It's more because it just doesn't go with their culture, which I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm 100% fine with that. And although Valentine's Day is not accepted or approved by any institution in Iran and has no official status, it is highly accepted among a large number of the population. One of the reasons for Valentine's Day acceptance since the 2000s by the general population is the change in relations between these sexes and because sexual relationships are no longer strictly limited to be within marriage. So it seems like there's, they're trying to make a changing of the tide in Iran to allow Valentine's Day to become more accepted. But that's it. That's all the information that I have here on Valentine's Day. So now page seven can go with pages one through six. But there it is. Those are all the reasons that are given within the history of Valentine's Day that make me hate this day even more than, you know, I, I did in the past. I never understood a holiday that doesn't have any kind of true significant meaning. I'm going to move this camera back a little bit because it's driving me a little bonkers. Um, that doesn't have any kind of significance to anything that means anything. And when I began researching Valentine's Day years ago, I noticed that there was no clear... I think the microphone's starting to fuck with it now. Um, oh, well, let's move it just a little bit closer. Um, there was never any clear, distinct reasoning given as to why Valentine's Day even exists. We'll try to do it there, so that way the camera focuses on me. But now I sound far away. All right, I'll just hold the damn thing. I don't care. Um, you know, no significant reasoning was ever given as to why the holiday even exists. Not even anything involving with the Christianity or anything like that. That cleaned it up. Cool. Um, and that, to me, I think was the most surprising part of it, is that not, nowhere in any of the history of the holiday could anything be narrowed down as to why the holiday even exists. And that really made me start hating it. It's just like, you know, why does this day exist? Why is it that there's only one day out of the year that I'm supposed to go out there, break my back, spend hundreds of dollars, go out, deal with massive crowds, massive amounts of people, you know, and this is supposed to be a day of love and acceptance and, and, and all of that crap, but yet everybody treats everybody like garbage 
on Valentine's Day, other than the person that they're there with. But then also you start thinking about all the people that may not have somebody on Valentine's Day. And there were many a Valentine's Day when I didn't have somebody. And, you know, I think that that's the other part of it that that really upsets me about the whole day is, you know, it's become this accepted practice of, you know, being in love and on Valentine's Day and all of that, blah, blah, yada, yada. I get all that crap. But then all these single people are just like, eh, I hate Valentine's Day because I don't have anybody. Well, here you go. I just did all the research for you as to all the other reasons why you have to hate Valentine's Day. In, in my opinion, Valentine's Day doesn't even exist because nobody can narrow anything down as to why any of the practices or any of the other shit that exists on Valentine's Day even exists other than the fact that a bunch of motherfuckers were trying to make money. That, to me, is not a real holiday. That, to me, is just a, a, a scheme, a corporate scheme to wield people away from their wallets. And, and the other thing is, is like, let's say you don't do a good job on Valentine's Day. Let's say you don't buy the proper kind of gift for your wife or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your husband or whatever. All of a sudden, there's going to be that level of resentment to where it's like, oh, my God, he didn't get me what I wanted for Valentine's Day. Or he only spent $10 on my gift or he bought me Russell Stover's candy instead of Mally's or he did this or they did this or they did that or blah, blah, yada, yada, whatever other kind of bullshit somebody can come up with. All of these reasons exist for people not to enjoy the holiday. And that to me is wrong on so many levels. You know, why does there have to be any kind of association with money? There shouldn't be any kind of association with money. If it's a day of love, being able to spend time with somebody and enjoy their company and them showing you however way they possibly can, and it doesn't have to be financial, to show you that they love you, then that should be enough. And that, that to me should be the true meaning of Valentine's Day, which does actually fall more in line with what the martyr Saint Valentine was doing back in those old Christian days anyway. Until, until any clear and precise distinction as to why this stigma of love and all of that crap can be explained to me as to why it has any association with February 14th. I refuse to accept this day as anything other than a ploy by all these card manufacturers that started existing as we saw way back in the 1800s to make money. That's the only reason why the day even exists. And that, that to me is the main reason why I hate Valentine's Day is because it seems to be nothing more than a commercial ploy and that they've dra dragged the sanctities of love and relationship and marriage and all this other crap into it that literally adds in this extra added pressure for significant others 
to have to go out of their way and be extra extravagant or else their significant other is going to think that they don't care about them. I'm married. And my wife knows how much I hate Valentine's Day. And 90% of the time, I try to come up with reasons as to why we shouldn't do anything on Valentine's Day. And it's not because I don't love her. It's not because I don't want to show her that I love her. But yet again, I don't need one particular day, and especially a day that is so muddied and, and, and confusing to show her that I love her and to show her that I care about her. You know, but... She's all hearts and flowers and candy and blah, blah, blah on Valentine's Day. And I literally just want to fucking shoot myself. Because I don't buy into that crap. And it's not because I'm not a sentimental guy. I mean, I try to, I try to do things for my wife to make her see how much I care about her all the time. But I don't need one particular day and I don't need any kind of corporate bullshit to sit there and show why. And I think that to me is the is the main reasoning behind all of this. Yes, I love my wife. Yes, I care very greatly for my wife. But yet again, I hate Valentine's Day. And it's because I don't see why it exists. I don't see why people need to... to put themselves in the position that they end up putting themselves in on Valentine's day to show somebody that they love them. I just don't, I don't understand. I don't understand that part of it. And now going through everything that we just went through and seeing that the whole thing exists because somebody wanted to create a greeting card or wanted to do associate cards with this day and then it just blossomed into all this other crap. Hopefully now other people will sit there and be like, can we ban Valentine's Day? Because it, it, it exists for no reason other than to make money. It's honestly, and I mean, the, the whole reason that a lot of people say that Sweetest Day exists and maybe on Sweetest Day this year, I'll give the history of Sweetest Day so people can understand the real reasoning behind Sweetest Day, too. But the only reason that that exists in a lot of people's mind, and there might be some truth behind this, we'll find out, is because greeting card companies weren't making any money in October. So now you have this other fake Valentine's Day-esque holiday that exists in October taking something away from Halloween, which, you know, again, is, is not, in my opinion, it's not a real holiday. Do I celebrate it? Fuck yes, I celebrate it. But I, ce I don't celebrate it for the reasons that other people do. If you look into the, in the, into the practices of Samhain and all of that stuff in the old pagan um, calendars and, and the, the history of, of Samhain or Samhain as it's been bastardized here in the States, it's the start of the harvest and people would dress up in costumes and things like that to ward off evil spirits so that their harvest would grow. And that's what Samhain was. He was the God of the harvest. And he's been even bastardized and turned into an evil character. Even the Ghostbusters in the real Ghostbusters, they have the evil Samhain. So there's all these other holidays that exist like that. I don't even consider Halloween to be a holiday. But all of these other holidays that exist only for the reason of people making money with costumes, with, you know, 
the candy that, that we give out for trick or treat and all of that. It's the same basic principle of Valentine's Day. The same basic principle as what Sweetest Day has been bastardized into. And even look at what happened to St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick has nothing to do with alcohol, has nothing to do with getting drunk and stupid and eating corned beef and anything like that on that day. But yet that's what everybody does. It's all the same principle. You look into it and everything about this holiday has been bastardized. And not even the Christians that started this day consider Valentine's Day to be a legitimate feast day anymore because nothing is known about St. Valentine. And when they created the new the new calendar, they even admitted that. We don't know who the fuck St. Valentine is. All we know is that he was supposedly buried at Sal Valentia on February 14th. That's it. So not even the Christian historians can tell you the reasoning why this day exists. I I don't mean to to break people's hearts out there or or to ruin people's understanding and respect for this holiday, but I just wanted to educate people into the into the truth behind the day so that people can stop associating really I think this cord needs to be replaced can stop associating with hearts, flowers, candy, and bullshit. That's it. That's all I was trying to do. And if I hurt people in in the process, I'm sorry. If my wife is mad at me, oh well. But that's it. That's it. That that that's that's all that's all I got. That's that's all it is, man. But that's it. I mean, that that's the reasoning behind Valentine's Day or the lack thereof behind the reasoning behind Valentine's Day since there's no clear and precise reason why the day is the way it is, why it exists the way it exists in today's society, all of that. There's there's no clear indications to any of it. And all of those reasoning plus the the other facts that I stated after I I threw the papers behind me are the reasons why I personally hate Valentine's Day because I don't see any reason to limiting showing somebody that you what the fuck is on my shirt it must be a piece of glitter because I don't see it anyway um other reasons why I hate Valentine's Day uh, let, let's uh, give everybody a quick reminder here as to what's going to be happening tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, over on our 24-hour radio station redline radio llc.com you can listen to it live on the app or you can listen or live on the website, or you can listen to it on our Android app. Just go into the Google Play Store, search Redline Radio LLC, download the app. You're not going to see our logo. It'll say like MMC or something on it like that. Um, download the app, and it, starting at 4 p.m. tomorrow, we're going to be doing something that is very personal to me and um, hopefully can help bring awareness to a few things that that – uh, I want to try to bring awareness to. We're going to do a very special edition of Money's Crazy Soundtrack tomorrow afternoon, 4 to 6 p.m. over on RedlineRadioLLC.com and our app. And it's all going to be to help bring awareness through music to suicide and depression. 
Every song that is going to be played during the special edition of Money's Crazy Soundtrack has something to deal do with suicide, depression, anger, um, and even there's a few songs that are in there for people that are talking to people trying to stop them from committing suicide. And all of that, and in between the songs, we're going to give resources to people that can help either people that are suffering from depression, um, may have suicidal thoughts, or for people that have unfortunately lost a family member, a friend, or a loved one to suicide. Uh, so that'll be tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m., and it's also going to be the pre- Redline Radio premiere of Metallica's new single, Screaming Suicide, which Metallica wrote to try to end the stigma of talking about suicide and depression. So all that tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m., over on our website, redlineradiollc.com. Just log on to the website, click play, and you'll be able to listen to the special presentation. Or you can go to our Android app and listen to it live there as well. Um. Want to give a thank to all of our sponsors here at Redline Radio, starting with Growing Wings Adult Services, the title sponsor of this studio here that we are in right now. They have over seven years' experience of taking care of adults with disabilities. Uh, For more information, you can reach out to Lisa at 234-334-7547. I've done some work with Growing Wings in the past. They do amazing things for adults with disabilities. And, um, you know, if you or a family member has anybody that might need the care of Growing Wings, they are definitely one of the uh, premier companies to reach out to in Ohio. Uh, Dynatech and as many of the satisfied customers have uh, stated, our diamond saw blades are the fastest and the uh, fastest cutting and longest lasting. Customer satisfaction is how they measure success at Dynatech, and our engineers are always available to help you troubleshoot and solve a problem on your job site. They are the only saw blade company recommended by the pavement marking manufacturing industry located in Elyria, Ohio. Dynatech is committed to being one of the top diamond saw blades companies around in the world. You can reach Dynatech today at 800-446-9001 or you can email them at sales at Dynatech.com or you can always just check out their website, Dynatech.com. Now, um, you see the number scrolling at the bottom of the screen there to uh, join us on the Fitz Trash Bin Cleaning Service hotline, 440-444-7251. Uh, Fitz Trash Bin Cleaning is the hotline sponsor of Studio 2. Uh, trash Bin Cleaning and Pressure Watching. Fitz Trash Bin Cleaning is locally owned, eco-friendly trash bin cleaning service in Northwest Ohio, serving North Ridgeville and the surrounding areas. You can reach Fitz Trash Bin Cleaning Service at 440-752-1533 or check out their website at ftbcusa.com. If you mention Redline Radio while you book a service, receive 10% off the first service. Uh, For um, any of your um, T-shirts, cups, anything like that, you see the cup that Dave and I use all the time on Steel City Renegades. It has like the etched metal Redline Radio logo on it, and then it has my name, and uh, Dave Dave's obviously has Dave's name on it. We all, and all the Redline Radio t-shirts, things like that, they're all done through Incredible Keepsakes. T-shirts, cups, binders, keychains, you name it, Incredible Keepsakes can make it and customize it for you. I don't know where our mouse pad went. That has the Redline Radio logo on it as well. 
Um, and Incredible Keepsakes made that as well. They're the official merchandise provider for Redline Radio and all of our show hosts. You can call 440-242-9648 or go to their website, incrediblekeepsakes.com. As Diane says, cherished moments are made to last forever. Mike and Diane are amazing people. I got to meet them after they made my uh, Money's Crazy Mind t-shirts. And they are awesome people. They, they love everything that we do here at Redline Radio, and we love them for it. Uh, the walls that you see... Um, and all the pictures of Studio 2, those were all put up and, and constructed by Wiggins Construction and Home Improvement. They also painted the entire studio and Redline Graphics offices for us as well. Bathrooms, kitchens, windows, door signing, and so much more, residential or commercial. You can call Will today at 440-731-7654. Tell him Redline Radio sent you. But also, if you're a stock car or modified racing fan, Will also runs the Ohio Wheelman series, and they are the official modified and star car race series of Redline Radio as well. Uh, you saw Chad Moon fill in for the star of the show on Unscripted just a couple weeks ago. Bad Juju is the band that he is the singer for, and they are the official band of Redline Radio, covering all your favorites from the 80s and 90s. To book Bad Juju, contact Chad Moon at 440-458-0209. And, um, you know, guys, a lot of things have been said about Money's Crazy Mind over the past few months with me not doing the shows live in studio and doing them from Spook Central and putting them out. Just because I'm pre-recording shows or anything like that doesn't mean that I don't take the show seriously or anything like that. Like I said, life sometimes gets in the way. And for a while... Things were kind of bad in my personal life, and I needed Friday nights to be able to, I mean, I still need Friday nights to be able to try to help take care of my family and things like that. So the fact that I was able to do the show live this week, um, you know, to me is a blessing. And Hopefully, in the near future, I'll be able to start doing the shows live again every week. I, I miss being able to interact with all the people that watch Redline Radio and everything like that uh, programming and interacting with everybody that watches the shows and everything like that. You know, um, But if the show is pre-recorded, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not taking myself seriously or anything like that. It just means that something came up <clears throat> in my personal life. And I still want to try to get the shows out there to everybody. And that's a testament to how much this show actually does mean to me. So please don't think that just because the shows have been pre-recorded for the past few months or anything like that doesn't mean that I don't take this show seriously. I still want to put out the best content I can every week. And with that said, hopefully you guys will check out the post-show audio dump exclusive on my audio version of my podcast. There are several different ways you can get it. You can get it on Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm, and pretty much anywhere you can download audio podcasting. You can check out every post-show audio dump there, or you can go to my website, podpage.com forward slash monies dash crazy dash mind. Every episode of Money's Crazy Mind is included there. Every episode, plus every post-show audio dump, or if I do any kind of exclusive advertisements or anything like that that I record, all of that is available on all of those platforms. Plus, every episode 
of Money's Crazy Mind, including this one, will be up there as well. This was episode 97. We are just now two after this week episodes away from episode 100. We have something very special and very big planned for episode 100. I can't wait for everybody to see it. That is just two weeks away. Well, three weeks away, technically. Next week, before he takes off on a jet plane to Las Vegas and Utah, wherever the hell he's going, he's telling us Vegas, but now I'm hearing he's moving to Utah, whatever. Wherever Dave's going, he's going to the West Coast. Uh, He will be joining me here in the asylum next week, and that will be his final appearance on a Redline Radio. Well, actually, no, it won't be. It'll be his second-to-last appearance on Redline Radio, LLC's programming before he moves to Vegas. Uh, We're going to end it right there, guys. It's been awesome. Thank you, everybody, for checking out the show this week. Next week, like I said, Dynamite Dave, and then we got episode 99 where we are going to talk all about the reasons why Money's Crazy Mind is Money's Crazy Mind, getting you ready for episode 100, first week of March. Until next week, everybody, thanks for joining us. Have a week, and have a happy Valentine's Day in case you do celebrate it. Don't be a Grinch like me when it comes to Valentine's Day. If you guys enjoy celebrating Valentine's Day, celebrate it. I'm just giving you the reasons why I hate it and why I try not to celebrate it. But sometimes my wife wins out on that one. Anyway, guys, until next week with Dynamite Dave, have a week. Get all your residential concrete projects done the right way with the most trusted company in town. Serving Lorain County and surrounding areas, Affordable Concrete Solutions is here for all your concrete needs. Providing concrete maintenance, washing, and sealing. Decorative stamped concrete driveway and sidewalk concrete removal, concrete flat work, and much more. We pride ourselves in offering the best concrete services possible and are backed by years of experience and a history of excellent service. It's our ultimate goal to provide each and every client with the highest quality of workmanship, professionalism, and efficiency while emphasizing exceptional customer service. We design, install, and maintain all concrete. Whatever your concrete needs, let ACS be your answer. Contact us today for your free estimate. Money's Crazy Mind is a proud Redline Media Group and nameless, faceless production. That's all, folks.